Good evening, everyone, and welcome to COS at Home. I am your host, Jonathan Biaud, and thank you so much for joining us for another exciting program. Tonight, I'm really excited because we are finally debuting some amazing new segments on this revamped COS at Home show, uh, and I think you are all going to love what we have in store for you. Uh, during one of those segments, I'm going to demonstrate an action you can take to help push the COS movement forward from home tonight while you are watching. This is a show about doing, not just watching, so make sure that you have your computer or laptop next to you. If you're joining us on a computer or laptop, maybe open up another tab uh, and be ready because we're going to go through it step by step and we're going to ha have you taking a meaningful action for a convention of states tonight. We'll go step by step. Uh, so I hope you'll, you're ready for that. In addition to that, we've got a couple of other new segments, and we will also be hearing from the president and CEO of Convention of States, yes, none other than Mark Meckler, in just a few minutes. Uh, and as in typical fashion with Convention of States at home, you will have the opportunity to participate by asking Mark questions. So start thinking of those questions now as we get ready, uh, and we will be pulling them and, and going one by one. But before we get to all of that, uh, for those of you who are new to either the show or to the organization, I'd like to extend a welcome to you and say thank you so much for, for being here and for wanting to learn more about Convention of States. Let me first say that we are a grassroots movement focused on the goal of utilizing Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution to call a convention of states in order to propose amendments to the Constitution that would reduce the size and scope of the federal government impose fiscal restraints on the federal government and place term limits on all members of Congress and federal officials. In order to hold this convention, we need 34 states to pass our resolution, and we have 19 states that have done so already. So this is a great time to be getting involved. But what exactly does the process look like? That's what you might be wondering, right? How do we, how do we go through this and what are the steps? So I'm gonna take you now just a few minutes here to kind of go through what the actual process looks like to getting the Convention of States resolution passed and then what would happen when we get to a convention. So uh, the man behind the curtain is my buddy, producer G, the legendary Garrett Humberton, and he's going to be taking us through uh, some of those slides now. Uh, so we're gonna go right ahead and take a look at those. So the very first step is that the people lead this process, right? So you, as a citizen, can go and start talking about Convention of States and bring it to your state legislators, okay? So that's something where you have the power, and it's important that this is people-driven because we the people are the solution, and we'll talk more about that as the evening goes along. So that's step one. Step two is that your legislators will then act, right? They will then move, they'll sponsor the legislation and then move to get it through committee, after it gets through committee, it then goes to a floor vote, and it has to go through both the House and the Senate of any legislature, of course, except uh, Nebraska, which is the unicameral system. But all the other states have a House and a Senate. Best thing about this, governor does not need to sign the resolution. So this is just the House and just the Senate, uh, and we take it through that process. So that's step two. Step three is that we need to make sure that we do this, as I mentioned, in 34 states. We've got 19 states that have passed it already. But once we get to 34 states, Congress calls the convention. And it's important to note, a lot of people wonder about that. Is Congress then going to take control? No. Congress's duty under the Constitution is one that's called a ministerial duty. So all they're doing 
is saying that the convention can be called because they've received the correct amount of applications and naming the time and, and location of the convention. That's it. That's their only role. And then states will then select delegates and send them. And by the way, Convention of States is working right now to get model legislation passed in certain states that talks about a commissioner selection process. Uh, we call that the 34 ready legislation because we want to be ready for when 34 states pass the resolution. Uh, so once those 34 states pass the resolution, Congress will call the convention and then the convention convenes. And that brings us to step number four. At a convention, this is where the amendments are proposed. Now, of course, we want to make sure that states are prepared ahead of time. So we're working with states. In fact, we were just in Tallahassee yesterday with the Florida team talking to uh, legislators there about possibly developing a Florida plan and amendments that we would want to bring to the convention. But once the convention takes place, that is when the amendments will be brought up and they'll be proposed. And then it just takes a simple majority to pass one of those amendments and send it to the states for ratification, right? So at a convention, it's not decided. It takes us to the next step. Once that proposal is adopted by the convention, it goes out to the states and this is where we need more states, right? So now we need three fourths of the states or 38 states in order to ratify an amendment. So it'll go back to the states, they'll have conversations. They may even have um, uh, um, conventions within the state to kind of address these proposals and review them. And we need to make sure that we're in the process throughout, right? We're involved no matter what, once the convention is convened and then even afterwards when it comes to ratification, we need to be involved, we the people. So that's why if you're sitting in there and you're in a past state and you're wondering, what, what else do I have to do? The resolution's already passed. There's nothing for me to do. That's incorrect. It's only step one passing the resolution, right? So that's the first step, but then we get to convention. And then when it comes back for ratification, we need to be involved in that process as well. But permitting that we get to 38 states, we get that proposal ratified by 38 states, it gets added to the Constitution. And that is step number six in the process. So that is it. That's all we have to do, right? We have to get to convention, get those 34 states to pass the resolution, go to convention, get a simple majority of the states that are gathered there to pass uh, a proposal and adopt a proposal. And then it goes back to the states and 38 states are needed to ratify it. Simple, right? No problem. <laughs> it's only been 11 years that we've been involved with this, but sure, it's no problem. No, it is a big deal and it's a high bar and rightfully so, right? This is what the founders wanted us to do. And we, the people can get this done and we can't, we, we have to ignore all of the outside noise that suggests that we can't get it done. We absolutely can. And you all are making it happen. That's why we've gotten to 19 states already. We're only 14, excuse me, 15 states away from getting to uh, the convention. So it's very, very close. And there, Producer G is showing you the progress map. And we'll talk a little bit more about the progress map later this evening. Uh, but there you can see the 19 states that have passed it. We've even got a state that's halfway home in North Carolina. Uh, so this is the time to be involved with Convention of States and get involved. So, so glad that you're joining us this evening. Now, let's go ahead and get into the first of some of our new segments. And this is going to be a progress report on our legislative updates so far in 2024. And so for that, as I mentioned, I'm joined by the amazing, legendary producer G, and he's going to share with you an update uh, that we call COS Now. So over to you, producer G.
Senate concurrent resolution 112 will ask Idaho lawmakers to sign on to the convention idea. Again, the purpose is to propose constitutional amendments. Specifically, this call is to restrain federal power. A preliminary victory in Idaho. After the Convention of States action resolution was officially introduced on Monday, Idaho Senator Todd Lakey and former U.S. Senator Rick Santorum lent their voices to a passionate gathering of Convention of States supporters at an Idaho Senate Judiciary and Rules Committee hearing on Wednesday. Our founders discussed the need for a congressional bypass in addition to just Congress proposing amendments. That's what's included in Article 5. Convention of States is not a right or left issue. It is about who decides. Will it be we the people using a system of checks and balances or the elites who enrich and empower themselves? The committee advanced our resolution by a 6-3 to three vote to the Idaho Senate floor. This is the first time we have ever passed a committee in Idaho. Several Idaho TV stations covered the developments. A bill making a formal application to Congress to call for an Article 5 convention. The key ideas in the resolution impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for members of Congress. Conventions of states have been held throughout the course of our country. Prior to the Constitutional Convention of 1787, there have been other conventions of states since. They are run similar to the way a legislature runs. They are controlled by the state legislatures themselves. It, is a, it was set up by the founders to be completely separate and independent from Washington, to be a check on Washington. Meanwhile, Idaho Governor Brad Little said he's all in for an Article 5 convention. I have evolved over time uh, because everybody said, well, Congress is finally going to figure this out. They're finally going to do something. I, I have reached the desperation phase. We've still got $33 trillion in existing but they, they have got to do something. So anything that sends a signal, I'm all in. Big victories were achieved last week for the Convention of States movement, and that's making the establishment media nervous. A new hit piece appeared in the New Republic with countless false and misleading claims about our grassroots movement. Author Nancy McLean's solution to preserve the status quo was to vote for President Biden or something? Apparently, Nancy missed the part about the Article 5 process completely bypassing the presidency, which is kind of the whole point. Oops. Turning to more serious talk, popular podcaster Tim Pool had much better advice for citizens looking to affect change. There's a, there's a possibility that there could be a convention of states and you can enact dramatic change. So perhaps voting in the traditional federal sense may be a bit difficult. Win at the state level. We got to organize. You got to take a look at who your state reps are, who your state senators are. You've got to support. You got to talk to them. State reps and state senators, easy to contact. These are smaller communities where you live. You can check their offices. You can talk to them. Visiting your state legislators is exactly what CUS volunteers do on a regular basis. Here's some behind-the-scenes footage of the Hawaii team proving how easy it is and sharing some important tips. Hey. Jack and Donna, hey, hey how's hi. it going? Hi. All right. Well, so you just visited uh, Mark Nakashima's office. Yeah, they, they, they think of COS, they may not support or whatever but they say yeah those cos people they come they're pretty nice you know? and then the uh, heritage foundation uh the support for convention of states from them uh, that's the second handout today yeah and there was positive comments about people who knew who the heritage foundation was so it was a good one thanks to an extraordinary effort on the part of the massachusetts convention of states team the joint committee on veterans and federal affairs of the general court of the commonwealth of massachusetts has 
favorably passed the Convention of States Resolution H3541 for the second legislative session in a row. It awaits action from the full chamber. Wyoming has now filed the COS resolution with 11 co-sponsors. This brings the total number of states considering COS action in 2024 to 18. Our resolution was also introduced on the assembly side of the New York legislature with 23 co-sponsors. In other COS news, the COS New Hampshire team was successful in helping to kill an Article 5 rescission bill. In Oklahoma, the team generated over 100 contacts to the House Committee on Elections and Ethics in support of HB 3156, a bill that prohibits ranked choice voting. They are supporting this bill in conjunction with Heritage Action. The committee reported the bill favorably on a 5-2 vote. And finally, here's some snapshots from COS events going on around the country, including from Utah, Tennessee, Idaho, Montana, and Iowa. And now, you're up to date with Convention of States. I tell you, it would be great if those activists in these states would actually get off their rear ends and do something, right? I mean, <laughs> that was incredible. And believe it or not, that was just the last week, as you may have noticed there as it was winding down. Uh, Producer G puts these out weekly to give you an update and let you know where we're at across the country. They'll be on our social media accounts where you're joining us right now. So you can check them out every week. But that was only the last week of all the amazing things that have been going on from from all, all the way west, Wyoming, Idaho, New York, New Hampshire, Oklahoma, Iowa. Unbelievable action by our activists across the country. And I have to just take a minute, Last that very last item there about Oklahoma, that's amazing to me as well. I mean, we, we talk about, and, and this is near and dear to my heart as a regional director for past states, People are always asking, what do we do in those states that have already passed the resolution? Well, this is something that you can do, right? Oklahoma's there working with Heritage Action, trying to advance important legislation in their state. They're not the only ones. Georgia, Tennessee, all of these other states uh, are working really hard right now with their legislators to try and pass really important liberty-minded legislation that will promote freedom federalism, fundamental rights. We're involved in those things. We call it F3 legislation. So again, if you are in a past state and you want to be involved, so go on over to conventionofstates.com, click on that Take Action tab, sign up to become a volunteer. In addition to that, there are situations like what we've got going on right now where we will reach out to past states and ask them to get involved and help us uh, by making some phone calls into sister states that have legislation active uh, and trying to get past, the, including especially the COS resolution. So right now, Iowa, we've already passed through subcommittee and committee in the House, and we need to make a final push to get it through the House chamber. In Idaho, as you saw, we had a historic victory where we were able to pass through uh, the Senate committee, and now it goes to the Senate floor. Both of those states, we have active telepatriot missions going on right now where you can make phone calls from your phone and call our supporters and get them involved. This coming Saturday, we're going to be having what's called a call blitz from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time, where a number of activists come on across the nation and make some phone calls to get involved and to try to help advance the legislation there by calling our supporters to contact their legislators. So you can go to conventionofstates.com forward slash phone team to sign up and learn more. Um, so again, that's conventionofstates.com forward slash phone team. You can see the link there on the screen. 
Go there. If you're new, you'll see information on what to do. If you're already a Telepatriot volunteer, be on the lookout for an email blast that's going to be coming to you with more information, including the link on where to join the call blitz. But help us by making some important phone calls in Iowa and Idaho. And also, we're going to be getting involved in some elections as well, where we're going to be sending some peer-to-peer text messages. That's going to be happening very, very soon. So if you're interested in learning about that, you can, again, go to conventionofstates.com forward slash phone team. It talks about Telepatriot, talks about our, our peer-to-peer texting you can join the phone team and help us out again from the comfort of your own home. So be sure to do that. And with that, let's go on over and welcome to the show uh, the Grand Poobah of Convention of States, and that is none other than Mr. Mark Meckler. Mark, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. That's my favorite title, by the way. You know, I get called all kinds of things. A Grand Poobah is definitely top. Although I think when Mark Levin called me. What do you call me? The chief muckety muck of convention states. That was pretty good too. There's That's not enough room for that on my business card. <laughs> hey, can uh, I say something? Bro. I want to say something about the call blitz that's going on. Uh, I think I recorded a video on this earlier today. This is super important. We have telepatriot teams. You guys know about those. Some of you, a lot of you volunteered to be telepatriots. And right now we have activities going in Iowa and Idaho, and there's not enough telepatriots who are making the calls. And I'm not trying to shame you guys. I'm not going to name anybody. But remember, a lot of us pledge our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. Right now, it is time to put lead on target in Iowa and Idaho. We have got to get those states done. And we need you to make the calls. And if we don't make the calls, we're not going to get it done. I mean, that's really where constituent pressure comes from. So if you've never done it before, go ahead and sign up to do it. You can see the link there at the bottom, conventionofstates.com forward slash phone team. Uh, and you got to do it. We need you to make those calls. What I really expect, what we really should have, there's not that many calls. We should always have more people that want to make the calls than calls we need to make. If we do that, we're going to be effective. That's kind of quintessential grassroots activism. And so we need you. Idaho and Iowa both need you right now. We just upped some new Patriot missions, some new districts. So if you guys, if you if you can give a half hour, an hour, an hour, a whole day, Saturday, is a day when we're going to do a call blitz and do it together for a couple hours. Please get involved. We have to get this done. And the beauty of the call blitz, too, is if you're new and you haven't experienced this before, you can come on and you can ask questions, right? We're going to have people that are experienced and understand Telepatriot, so you can join us. And let me tell you, it may seem a little scary at first. Once you get into it and you start making those calls, it is super easy, super simple, and it's just, it makes a huge impact. So small, small commitment from you, but it will make a huge impact in what we're trying to accomplish. So Mark, rumor has it that you somehow found yourself in Tallahassee yesterday. <laughs> Is that correct? And if so, what were you doing in the free state of Florida? You know, it's hard to believe that I'm back here at home in the library with Winston driving me crazy. And yesterday I was in Tallahassee. Last night I was in Winston. I'm sorry. Where's O'Malley? He's not making his appearance right now. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's um, hiding right now. So, yeah, I, I went in the night before and had dinner with the grassroots at Mission Barbecue. That was really awesome. That's one of my favorite things to do. You know, I like going to legislatures and, and doing rallies and all that stuff. I love testifying. My favorite thing to do is just hang out and have dinner with grassroots folks. Had some great conversations. We probably spent, my gosh, like three hours. We closed the place down. I do know that. I think there were 60 of us at this barbecue joint. It was good barbecue. And I know something about barbecue because I live in Texas. 
really good. Got to sit with Jonathan, got to sit with Dina Butts, the state director, and a whole bunch of other great people. Met new people I didn't know from previously, a bunch of old friends. So that was a great start. Filled my belly with some barbecue, went to sleep, got up super early the next morning. Uh, and in Tallahassee, they have a really unusual state capitol with a 22-story office tower right in the middle of it. I mean, they have the old school capitol with the dome on it and all that. But many years ago, they remodeled. They built this giant tower. It's a kind of ugly tower from the outside. But inside, really nice, really pretty. They built kind of a fake rotunda in the middle that's really pretty. The offices are very nice. And 7 a.m. the morning, uh, yesterday morning, got up and went up to the top floor, the 22nd floor. It's a glass observatory, 50 miles in all directions, you can see, right there in the center of Tallahassee. And we started the day in prayer as the sun was coming up. Jonathan was there with me. Our old friend Brenda Carlin was there. Lots of legislators came up. But we probably had, I don't know, like 50 people, 45 people in that room, just kind of popcorn-style prayer. Everybody praying, a lot of prayers for the legislature, the legislators, the governor, the lieutenant governor. A lot of prayers for pass the good bills and kill the bad bills. Uh, and there's Jonathan's putting up a picture. It was really cool. I mean, this was really a fun thing to participate in. You can kind of see in that photo, the sunrise coming up in the background. What a spectacular place to pray. And they pray up there every day. And I think that's one of the reasons that it is now the free state of Florida. They've been doing this for a long time. They've really turned that state around. And I would say right now, the leading conservative state in the United States of America. So that's how we started our day. Went downstairs. We had a rally set up outside because it was the 10th anniversary of Florida passing the Convention of States resolution. I was corrected. I said this incorrectly previously. I said they were the second state. Florida was the third state to pass the resolution. And so here we are 10 years on. They're celebrating. The team is as strong as ever. Really impressive. We probably had, I want to say, 80 to 90 people show up for the rally. The rally was great. We had some great speakers there. We had Moms for Liberty there. Uh, we had uh, somebody from Peter Schweitzer's organization there uh, dealing with fiscal transparency, federal, where, you know, kind of tracking where the money goes. Uh, really great day. And so I got a chance to give a speech out there. And then I had a chance to go in and meet with some legislators. And what's going on in Tallahassee is kind of interesting. The governor's making this push to let people know about Article 5, but he's using some weird language. It's a little bit confusing. And so I got a chance to meet with some legislators, help straighten them out kind of set some agenda items for next year. We're already talking about next year's legislative session. I just love being there. So I was there all day uh, until about three o'clock. And at three o'clock, got in the car, drove a couple hours to a friend's house outside of Gainesville, a big supporter of Convention of States, one of our donors. Uh, and we had a dinner for me there out in the countryside. Really nice, really fun. And I got to meet a guy by the name of Jeff Childers, C-H-I-L-D-E-R-S, if you don't know him, he's become a really great Substack writer. He's a lawyer, followed COVID really well, knows all the data. He writes a Substack called uh, COVID and Coffee. Comes out every morning. Uh, and I really wanted to meet him. And we had a mutual friend. So I was there until pretty late last night. And then I drove into town and stayed over and got up at 4 a.m., flew home. And here I am. The day's been crazy, hit the ground running, haven't had a chance to take a break, and here I am with you. And clearly, you just you, you couldn't go so long without seeing me, and that's why you needed to sit down and be here on scene. I, I get exactly. it. I get it. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> I was actually, the honest truth is, when I first saw Jonathan, my first question is, where's Aaron? 
Uh, we're in Florida. You didn't bring Aaron. He didn't bring his daughter. That's the only reason I wanted to see Jonathan. But absolutely he didn't. true, by the way. Absolutely yeah. true. <laughs> but um, he has something more important going: dance lessons, gymnastics, all the important stuff. Yeah, you know, four years old. Everything that a four-year-old could be doing. Right. Um, <laughs> no, it was great seeing you and a great event by the Florida team. Really enjoyed it. And I have to give a shout out to Georgia as well. Uh, Rob Rodman and his wife came up from from Georgia, uh, the Valdosta area. And Georgia was the first state to pass the COS resolution. So they are celebrating 10 years as well, as well as Alaska. But shout out to Georgia for being there uh, at the rally yesterday as well. Yeah, and one um, other shout out I got to give is to Grant Martin. Uh, Grant showed up. Grant's a longtime regional director. If you don't know him, he's a fixture around COS. Been a very rough year for Grant. Uh, Grant lost his wife. And so kind of getting the family back together and on track. He's taking care of grandkids. Uh, it was my first chance to see him face to face. And look, I love Grant. Grant's like a brother to me. And so just getting my arms around him, giving him a big hug meant a lot to me. And seeing Grant back out in the field, I know it's good for his heart too. And so I know a lot of you loved on Grant uh, when he's been going through some tough times. And this is what we do as a family. This is a really big deal. When somebody goes down and we have a struggle, we're human beings like everybody else. Stuff stuff goes on. Uh, we gather around and we put our arms around somebody. And so it was just my first chance to see Grant and give him some love. And it was great to see him. I don't know if you're watching Grant, but if you are, I love you, brother. And thank you for coming out and making the drive. Amen. It was wonderful to see Grant. And we love you, brother. Thank you for being there. And Grant was also a former state director of Florida. So it was great to have him back with the Florida team. Uh, so, Mark, recently you've been discussing uh, a plot that's going on. The federal government is trying to own most of our country's land. So what, what is this 30 by 30 land grab and, and what can we do to stop it? Look, I think this is something, Jonathan, that's going on that most people don't know about, but it's really important. I started hearing about it uh, maybe two years ago and there was a little buzz here and there in Convention of States. One of the things that I do that's so important to me when I travel is I listen to you guys uh, and I really listen to you guys. And it's probably two years ago now, Angel Cushing out in Kansas. Uh, we were actually we were at an event uh, at Mount Rushmore. I got a chance to sit with her at dinner. And she said, do you know about what the federal government's doing, this 30 by 30 land grab? And I didn't know anything about it. Uh, she's an expert and she educated me on it. And really what the federal government says, it's their goal by 2030 to own 30% of all the land and water resources in the United States of America. They own about 12% right now. So over doubling federal land holding and whose expense does that come at you and your private property rights. And by the way, that's not, they're not stopping with that. After that, they intend to have 50% by 2050. And so they're going to take private property. Or they're going to take federal property that the federal government owns now and make sure humans are locked out of it. They're going to stop oil and gas development. They're going to stop building. They're going to, they want you to live in what they call 15 minute cities, which means you never go further than 15 minutes away from your home. This is, evil stuff. It's super dangerous stuff. Property rights are at the heart of what it means to be a free individual, a self-governing individual. And the federal government, uh, with cooperation, by the way, from state governments, intends to take it away from you. It's a little bit complicated and nuanced because they do it in a whole bunch of different ways. There's something called rails to trails where they're taking old rail lines and turning it into trails. That sounds good, doesn't it? But they lock down all the land around this stuff. They're trying to restore the buffalo habitat in the Midwest, out on the Great Plains. That's taking away farmland. And there's just a lot of really bad stuff going on. And so we need to know about it. And the way things work in COS is I never just say, well, we're going to do this thing. 
I'm listening to you guys. I listen to Angel. Joanne Martin's another one of our experts out here in Texas. I've been hearing this bubble up. I've been talking about it everywhere I go. So over the last year, it's actually become a thing in COS. So we're doing this call on the 28th. That's a 30 by 30 call, but we're going to talk about all the different kinds of land grabs and property grabs and anti-food production stuff going on. Uh, I'll be hosting that. I'll have Angel Cushing, our own Angel Cushing from Kansas will be on. She's a full-blown expert in this stuff. Joanne Martin will be on, another expert. And then I'm really excited to be working with American Stewards for Liberty, Dan and Margaret Beyer. They've been friends of mine a long time. They're out of the Midland, Texas area, and this is their specialty. They know this subject matter better than anybody else in the country. Their whole organization is dedicated to taking it on. My goal out of all of this, Jonathan, is to educate as many people as we can in Convention of States, try to find a point person on this in every state that can warn us when it's going on, because it's going on in cities, counties, and statewide, so that we can do something about it. And so we're going to create this sort of American Stewards of Liberty network inside Convention of States. That's my goal for this. So you should be there. Invite anybody you want to be there. I know we're doing some promotional stuff on this right now. It can be people from outside COS. We want as many people to know about this as we possibly can. Absolutely. So, folks, again, if you want to be there, it's next Wednesday evening, same time as COS at home, so 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central time. And you can go to that website that Producer G has up on the screen right now. It's conventionofstates.com forward slash 30 by 30. That's 30x30. And join us next Wednesday evening uh, for a more detailed discussion about this important issue. Uh, so, Mark, a few weeks ago, you co-authored a piece in the Daily Wire with none other than Senator Rick Santorum addressing the border situation and making a plea for states to pass the COS resolution in order to solve the border crisis. Tell us exactly how our resolution and a convention using our resolution could resolve this crisis. Yeah, you know what's interesting, Jonathan, how many things that a convention of states could address and could solve under our application and people don't think about it. They think of convention of states as sort of this, this fuzzy thing, we're going to call a convention and we're going to fix stuff. But here's a very specific instance. There's a fight going on, right, about whether Texas is able to secure the border. Are they legally allowed to? It's working its way up through the courts. There's a bunch of nuance around it. I don't want to get into all the legal yeses and nos, but it's complicated. The governor has declared an invasion. Was that really what the framers meant when they when they wrote this possibility of invasion? So there's arguments to be had around that. What we can do in convention is we can actually limit the scope, power, and jurisdiction of the federal government by empowering the states specifically with an amendment to enforce border and immigration laws. And we can just give the states that power and give it to them in the Constitution. So I'm trying to encourage the 15 more states that we need to get into convention, do it now. Even if the only thing you want to do is give the states the power, give Texas the power to secure our border, let's get in convention now and let's get it done. There's a very specific thing we can do. 15 more states say we want to be in convention. We're in convention and we can pass an amendment out of that convention and then ratify it, giving the states power to control the borders and enforce immigration law. Lord knows we need that. Absolutely. So when we talk about things like the 30 by 30 issue, we talk about uh, the border crisis. These are some things that we don't typically talk about when we talk about convention of states. So is it fair to say that this may be a, a shift somewhat in our messaging and that 
when we say we're the solution big enough to solve the problems, this is exactly the kind of thing that we're talking about. We can deal with a lot of these things under our resolution. Now, look, this was the vision for Convention of States from my perspective from the very beginning. What I mean by that is we are creating the largest self-governing army in the history of the United States of America for the purpose of restoring self-governance, helping to foster a spiritual revolution. Those two things have to go side by side. You need the religious reawakening, the spiritual reawakening in America to get to a nation that's ready to self-govern itself. So we've always been doing this. This has always been the goal, but now you're seeing it start to play out because we have a big enough grassroots army to do all this stuff. This is why, for example, we have our F3 initiative, freedom, federalism, and fundamental rights. Anything that falls within those, our state teams can do in their states, in their legislatures, and they're doing it all across the country. So it's valid in election integrity, might be property tax reform, uh, it might be pro-life stuff, it might be anti-critical race theory or anti-gender ideology. All of these things fall under those three F3 uh, categories. And so this is what we're really doing. This is, if you've just come in and you came in and you're like, wait, I thought I'm just doing convention of states. You can, and that's fine. And that's really important. We absolutely are working our way towards the convention. We're going to call a convention, but we're also at the same time training you how to understand how your government works, understand the fundamental principles upon which this country was established, understand your constitution, understand your rights and your obligations, your responsibilities as a citizen, understand where the power points are, where the leverage points are that can allow you to be effective. Jonathan, I believe we're going to save this country. I really genuinely do. I'm not down like so many people. It's so dark. There's nothing we can do. But I do know this for sure. If the people watching this and a lot more don't step up and start doing the work, then we're not going to save the country. It's really, it's going to take you, Jonathan, and me, and and maybe even some help from Erin because she's so cute. But it's going to take all of us to save the country. Absolutely. You know, and as I said yesterday, and I've said it a couple of times, I heard our, our buddy Steve Dace talk about it. You know, part of the reason we're, we're here as a country is because we've allowed this to happen, right? We get the government and the culture that we tolerate. But the beauty of that, uh, not that we've allowed it to fall this way, but the beauty is that we are also the solution. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. If we step up and we say no more, we can really solve the, the current crisis that we're experiencing. We can solve anything because we, the people, have that power, and it's important that we step in. And speaking of the people, uh, they have submitted some great questions, so I'm going to go on over to our question and answer okay. session. And uh, James is the first one out of the gates, and he said, what exactly is the amendment this group is proposing? So I'm, I'm assuming he's talking about us. What is the amendment that Convention of States is proposing? Um, we're not necessarily proposing amendments per se, but you want to answer that, Mark? Sure, yeah. And the way to think of this, James, is that uh, we're calling a convention for the purpose of debating amendments that might be proposed. And there are three subject matter areas in which amendments can be discussed. One is anything that would impose term limits. That's not just term limits on Congress like you might think of them, but also term limits on other federal officials like bureaucrats and staffers. I like to call this one the Fauci Amendment, right? We don't need a Anthony Fauci in federal government for 40 years accumulating all this power and influence. We need to turn over Congress, but only if we also turn over staffers and bureaucrats. So that's one area. Second area is anything that would impose fiscal restraints on the federal government. Most people think of, well, we need a balanced budget amendment. Yes, yes, but only if we also get spending caps and tax caps 
and enforce generally accepted accounting principles on the federal government. There's all kinds of ways that we can tie the federal government's hands and make sure that they're more fiscally responsible. And then the last one is anything that would impose what we call scope and jurisdiction restraints on the federal government. What I mean by that is telling the government, no, you can't do a bunch of stuff that you're doing right now. The federal government had 17 enumerated powers at the founding. Some people say 18, I think it's 17 at the founding. Most of those related to foreign stuff, like foreign trade, uh, the ability to make war, the ability to have alliances with foreign countries, uh, interstate commerce. There's some limited stuff they were supposed to do that only a centralized government could do. The rest was for the states and for the people. And ultimately what happened is that paradigm has shifted. It's flipped actually. Most of the power is now in the hands of the federal government and not the people in the states. So the goal is to flip it back. So specific amendments in that area might be saying, we're going to do away with the Department of Education or the Department of Energy. Uh, a lot of these departments, about 40%, maybe roughly operate under the auspices of what is called Commerce Clause Authority. That was, in my opinion, fake authority granted by the courts to the federal government to do stuff they were never supposed to do. So we need to specifically take those kinds of powers away from the federal government give it back to the states and the people. There you have it, James. Landry wrote in and he says, what's the contingency plan if Congress refuses to do its duty? And I know that's a popular question. A lot of people ask that. So how do we handle it if Congress refuses to do its duty? Well, let's first define what their duty is under Article 5. Congress has a very limited duty under the second clause of Article 5, which is to name the time and place of a convention. It says, call the convention, name the time and place and the manner of ratification. That's all they have the obligation to do. And so the real question I think Landry's asking here is, what if Congress says, well, we're not going to call a convention. You got to 34 states. We don't care. We're not going to call the convention. And the answer is, we don't need no stinking Congress. And, and I mean that genuinely and sincerely and legally. It's not just attitude. It's not just me being combative, which I am. But what I'm saying is the states retain sovereign authority. They can gather anytime, debate and discuss amendments once they reach this 34 threshold. And so they're going to do that regardless of whether Congress decides to play along or not. Folks, I just have to commend Mark here for a second for keeping his composure despite the distraction that's literally staring him in the face. And I know how that feels because I'm usually dealing with it. I usually have a tail whacking me in the face. I don't have a monster, though, staring me in the face. Well done, Mark. I appreciate, you. appreciate you. answering those questions, and I hope it's not distracting anyone. <laughs> um so Biff wrote in and he said, uh, any idea when the Idaho Senate vote might occur? No, I don't actually know exactly when that's going to be. I'm asking the same question myself daily. Uh, it, you know, I think what happened is, I'm trying to remember if this is the right procedure in, in uh, Idaho, but I think it went to the floor calendar. And then what happens is they start to whip the vote is what it's called. In other words, they're going around making sure, and I'm pretty sure in Idaho we have it, making sure they have the votes on the Senate floor. They don't want to run it before they sure, they're sure they've got their votes counted. So that could come at any time, but I don't know exactly when. Fair enough. Uh, Joyce wrote in and she said, I thought Kansas passed the resolution. What happened? Yes, you're correct. But there's a technicality, which is the Kansas Constitution itself, the state constitution, contains a clause that says, they require a two-thirds majority to pass an Article 5 resolution. Now, we believe that's unconstitutional because of what's called the Supremacy Clause. And so that means the United States Constitution 
is supreme to a state constitution and it can't a state constitution can't impose extra requirements so normally it's just a simple majority this said two-thirds that's being litigated right now by some state legislators in the house and in the senate there they filed suit saying that they believe it's already passed uh, there's been briefings that decision i expect probably sometime in the next three to four weeks there we go so keep an eye out for that and we will absolutely be updating you as soon as we we know more uh mike wrote in he had a couple of different questions here when does the convention start and end? who decides what amendments are brought up and do states that don't pass the resolution still get a say in this convention i'll start at the back and work my way forward uh so yeah any state can participate and any state uh has a right to bring them you know propose amendments it's what's called a general convention. And by that, it doesn't mean we can talk about anything. You're still limited to those three things. General meaning all states are invited. So even though only 34 states have to pass the resolution, there are 16 more states that will come in and participate. Didn't Barack Obama at some point say there were 57 states? So I'm not sure what the number is, but I think it's 50. Uh, so all 50 states will participate. The way it works is what they're going to talk about is what the resolution says is those three things I talked about earlier. When they get there, they'll adopt a set of rules. Look, we've had over 40 conventions in American history. We're pretty sure what the rules are going to be. They're generally the same. They generally use Mason's rules. Mason's rules are kind of like Robert's rules of order. And about three quarters of states use Mason's rules already. So that's likely the rule set. We've drafted a model set of rules. They'll probably start with that model set of rules. That'll make it easier for them. Uh, maybe add or change a few things. They'll elect the officers of the convention. They'll break out in committees, just like a legislature does. They'll have committees for each of the three subject matter areas. They'll probably have subcommittees under those. They'll propose, debate, and then bring them to the floor for more debate and amendment of those proposals. And then whatever they decide, if they can get 26 states on any one of those amendments, then those amendments will go out to the states for ratification. They get ratified by three quarters of the states. That's what it takes one by one uh, on the amendment. So if they pass out, let's say five amendments out of that convention, and that's what they get, and those go out to the states, they ratify those one by one. They don't ratify them as a package. So that's how the process works. That was great answering all those questions that Mike threw in. Well done, Mike, and well done, Mark. Uh, Silver wrote in, Silver Dreaming Wolf, dear friend of ours from New York. Mark, do you have any plans for the National Day of Prayer? You know, I don't know. We usually go out to Plymouth and I haven't heard anything about that this year. I know our, our friends who usually help run that, um, one of them is not doing too well, uh, has been hospitalized recently. So I'm not sure what we're going to do National Day of Prayer. I tell you I'll be praying, but that's something I do every day. But we don't have any plans solidified for that day yet. So keep on the lookout, Silver. As soon as we know, we will definitely be putting it out there. And we'll, have, we'll end with this. Uh, Dick wrote in and he asked, what's happening in california and dick i think chaos is happening in california but i think you're talking about cos so mark what's what's the latest cos in california so uh right now we're not trying specifically to run the resolution in california and one of the reasons for that is california and you put in some pretty heinous reporting requirements if you do any activity in the legislature the reporting requirements are just off the charts and so we're not happy about that so we're kind of juggling trying to figure out how to deal with that legally but our grassroots activists are very active. By the way, there's, I think, more grassroots activists signed up in California than any other state. Don't don't beat on me, Texas, if it's Texas. It's close. And I think, you know, people give up on the blue states, and I think this is foolish. There are so many conservatives in the blue states looking for something to do. 
So if you're in a blue state, don't give up hope. And again, remember, we're not just fighting for a convention of states. We're also fighting to stop bad legislation. Our folks out there are running for school boards. They're fighting about what books are in the library. They're pushing back against gender ideology. If you want to get involved and you want to be an activist, I'm not just talking about somebody who listens to a webinar. I'm not just talking about somebody who signed a petition. If you want to be in the fight, then this is the army to join. We're serious about being in the fight. Jonathan and I and all of our compatriots, we've pledged our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor, and we intend to restore this country to what it was intended to be. That's it. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from the Grand Poobah, Mr. Mark Meckler. Mark, do us all a favor. Would you go and take care of Winston and stop neglecting him? I mean, obviously, you're just ignoring this poor dog. <laughs> Would you please go and take care of him? As long as you go give Aaron a hug for me, we'll call it even. I can do that. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Really appreciate it. All right, folks. So there you have it. And it's always great to hear from Mark. He um, is just, you know, really inspiring to hear from. So we're glad that he was able to join us here this evening. Um, now, let's go ahead and move on to another of our new segments here on COS at Home. And I mentioned earlier that we would walk you through a way to actually take action and so I'm really excited to walk you through that right now, because one of the key purposes of this show when we first started COS at Home was we wanted to inspire you, inspire everyone in our audience to get involved and to take action to help us advance the Article 5 movement, right, and try to get our resolution passed. So we wanted to think of ways, well, what are some things that we can do with you while you're sitting here and talking and listening to us? And one of the things that we felt that was important is we know that a lot of people don't have a lot of time to volunteer, right? And it's not easy. We, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to sit and talk to me and listen to me talk to you about Convention of States and hear from some of our great guests. We wanted to try to kill two birds with one stone, if you will. Uh, and that's why we wanted to think of ways, small ways that you can make an impact. And believe it or not, there are a lot of different things that you can do from the comfort of your own home to get involved and to make some major impact. So tonight, we're going to talk about one of those and show you exactly a way that you can take action right now to make a huge impact for a convention of states. So we're going to walk you through what's what is it, Jonathan? What are we doing? We're going to walk you through how to contact your legislator, express your support for a convention of states, and even see how you can go and visit your legislator exactly, you know, how you can look up their their contact information and as well as well as their address. So to do that, I'm going to enlist the help of the legendary producer G once again, uh, he's going to share his screen as we go through this. And we're going to start over on the Convention of States website. So now I mentioned a way to contact your legislator. Well, when you sign the petition, if you haven't done so already, please do that when you go on over to the website. What that is, it's not a traditional petition, right? What you can do or what it is actually is it's a letter in your name that gets delivered to your legislator asking them to support Convention of States, right? But we wanted to take it a step further in case you haven't signed the petition. There's another way for you to reach out to your legislator and let them know that you want to support Convention of States. And some of these pages are even a little bit more specific than that, uh, messages that we can do. And they're kind of customed by your state. And how do you access that? Well, if you continue on down the Convention of States website, you'll eventually arrive at the progress map, right? Producer G showed that to you earlier when we were talking about 
which states have already passed the resolution. Those are the states in green. The states in blue have some active legislation right now in 2024. And the one state in yellow is North Carolina. They're the state that has it halfway home. We've already passed the House there. We just need to get it through the Senate. But if you click on one of those states, it's going to bring you to another website uh, that is the CiviClick website for that state. So this is the, the site that we use for our calls to action. And all you have to do is enter your information there on the sidebar. And um, once you enter your, your name, your phone number, your email address, and, and your, your address, your physical address, what this system will do is it will automatically update and, sh and give you your legislators and give you the opportunity to send an email to them. So right there, you've got an email uh, for Idaho. Uh, and like I said, some of these may be a little bit customized. So Idaho, some important things going on right now. So if you want to reach out to your legislator right now, particularly your senator, and you live in Idaho, you can go on over to that page, click on Idaho, put in your information, and then send that message directly to your legislator. So that's a wonderful tool that we have. Again, we use this in all of our calls to action. So if you live in a past state and you've got, we've got legislation that we're going to be supporting, you may see that uh, coming your way. But there's also other ways outside of our website, outside of CiviClick, for you to go and find out who your legislator is, how you can contact them, how you can make a phone call, or possibly even visit their office, whether it's in the Capitol or in their home district. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to go to USA.gov. Um, and I forget the full website. Uh, I think it's USA.gov forward slash elected hyphen officials. Uh, I think it, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, Producer G. Um, but as soon as you go to that website, it will bring you up to this page where you can find your, and contact your elected officials. And what's great about this page is that it shows you everyone that is you're an elected official. So once you go here, you'll see that information. You'll fill out your, your address, uh, your, your mailing address, your city, your state, zip, put it in there, and it'll bring you calculate and show you all of your results and there you see all of your elected officials right these aren't just your 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 um state rep and your state senator it shows you everybody but obviously we want to focus on the state uh elected officials so when you click on the plus sign there to expand your screen it will show you all of your elected officials there in your state and if you scroll down to your your state rep your house rep or your senator it'll have their information it'll have their address they'll have their phone number and it will also have the link to the state website. And when you click on that, that's where you can find even more information uh, regarding your state legislators. So right now, what they may have is they may have the address just at the Capitol. But if you click on the link that brings you to the website uh, there for, for your state legislator and for your state, they may have an address in the district as well, which is closer and home closer to home to you. So that's a great way to find out where they are. There are also possibly different phone numbers so you can contact the officials that way. And this is a great way, again, that you can go ahead right now, click on that button on CiviClick and send a message or make a phone call to your legislator. I know it's a little late and depending on where you are in the country, but you may wanna leave a message and say, hey, I'd like to talk with my representative or my legislator about convention of states. When can I come and meet with them? Uh, so that is the way to do it. And again, this is just a quick, simple, easy way for you to go ahead and take action from the comfort of your own home. So we wanted to show that to you. And coming up on future COS at Homes, we're gonna be showing you more tools like this, ways that you can make an impact. We talked about a couple of them earlier in the program, making phone calls, sending text messages. You may learn that if you go to the call blitz on Saturday, 
but come on back to future COS at home webinars and we will go through those and much more. So thank you, Producer G, for helping uh, direct me and navigate through these pages. And again, that website was up there on the screen. Thank you for that, Producer G. So in addition to that, we've got another wonderful segment. And uh, one of the top questions that we get generally at Convention of States is how can I effectively communicate the COS message quickly, right? What are some ways that if I'm out there and I'm talking to someone, what's the quick pitch that I can give to them and let them know exactly what COS is all about? Well, the truth of the matter is, and with my with apologies to my dear buddy O'Malley, I hope he's not listening, um, there's more than one way to skin that cat. What a terrible analogy. But anyway, there's more than one way to skin that cat. There are a couple of different ways that you can you can make that pitch to people and a few years ago, when we were having our leadership summit here in Florida in Orlando, uh, we put out a contest to our grassroots activists, and we said, "Come up with your best elevator pitch, record yourself, and submit it." And uh, back in 2022, October of 2022, uh, a dear friend of mine, otherwise known as Mi Amigo, Al Torres, was the winner of that contest. But there were a ton of great submissions. We've got a whole, uh, you know storage uh, and volumes of, of submissions from folks uh, expressing these, these short little uh, elevator pitches. And we wanted to start to show them to you to help you in better crafting your message when you're out there and talking with people about Convention of States. Again, helping you become an activist and a huge supporter for Convention of States. So with that, each, each COS at home, we're going to take a minute to go through one of these elevator pitches and we're going to show them to you and show you some of the amazing activists that are doing this across the country. So tonight, it seemed fitting that we start with the winning, the winner of the contest, uh, none other than the gentleman that I mentioned before from the great state of Virginia, formerly Texas, none other than Mr. Al Torres. So tell me about this Convention of States. Hi, thanks for asking. Convention of States is an organization, a movement, if you will, of volunteers and supporters who are trying to bring power back to the states and to the American people where it belongs. See, we're using Article 5 of the Constitution to make that happen. We want to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government to stop the runaway spending. We also want to limit the power, the scope, and the jurisdiction of the federal government to stop their overreach. And finally, term limits. We're looking to impose term limits on officials and on members of Congress as well. In fact, you can have this pocket constitution here. In the back, it has my card. It has conventionofstates.com as our website. I invite you to go to our website to read more about Convention of States. You can sign our petition, and I hope that you would also volunteer. Thanks for asking me the question about this, and you have a great evening. Thanks. That doesn't get better than that, folks. That was incredibly well done. You don't have to actually be in an elevator to give an elevator pitch, though, uh, but always carry your pocket constitution and a business card as well so that this way people can ask more questions if they have them. But uh, done incredibly well by Al Torres, and uh, we are grateful for everything that Al does for Convention of States. So again, we're going to be showing you some more of those as we go on. Um, and we've got some amazing activists. So I'm excited that we give it an opportunity for you to see those people out in the field. Al is one of them, but there are so many others just like Al that do some amazing things. Uh, the last segment that I'm going to talk about tonight uh, is just one that I'm going to mention. Uh, we're not actually going to debut it tonight because it's something that, well, frankly, has to come from you, right? So on the next COS at Home, 
we will be debuting what is called the mailbag section. Uh, kind of lame. Maybe we'll come up with a name. Maybe one of the first things we can do is actually make a contest here for suggestions on how to name this segment. But uh, it is a mailbag segment. And what we're asking you to do is email us at home at cosaction.com. And what you will do is you'll ask a question about Convention of States or Article 5 or the process or activism. Whatever it is, whatever burning question you have, send it over to us at home at cosaction.com. And then on the program, we may talk exactly about the question that you write in and take some time to do a little bit of a deep dive on that question. Again, it's a great way for us to be able to interact with you and answer some of the questions that are most important to you. So I'm really excited about this. So again, take a minute, send us an email, home at cosaction.com, and we will start to debut those on the next program. And speaking of the next webinar, I'm excited to share with all of you when that webinar is going to be, who our guest is going to be, and the guest is the great representative from the Lone Star State, Congressman Chip Roy of Texas. Uh, so you may recall Congressman Roy was not able to join us in January, um, but we were excited to get him rescheduled, and he is going to join us Wednesday, March 6th at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, very excited to have Congressman Roy coming back. He was he was with us once before, so it'll be nice to have him. And you notice it's only two weeks from now, right? And why is that? Well, as we were revamping and redesigning the show, we decided that the show should take place on the same day and time. And so that this way people get it on their calendar and don't get confused, don't lose it. So it's going to be on the first Wednesday of every month moving forward. Uh, so you can go ahead and add us to your calendar and the first one you're going to want to add is for Wednesday, March 6th at 8 o'clock Eastern Time with Congressman Chip Roy. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, and I hope that you've enjoyed this new design, new layout for Convention of States at Home. I'm excited because I think we're bringing you a lot more content and talking about some of the important things that you want to hear about. Uh, so I hope that you really enjoyed this. Please write us, again, use that website uh, or that email address and let us know what you thought. Obviously, you can do it in the comments section, but share with us some of the feedback. You can go to home at cosaction.com to send us an email. But I hope that you've enjoyed this because we want to be able to, again, help you get a better understanding about Convention of States, about important things that are going on out there, but also inspire you to take action and show you ways that you can do that from the comfort of your own home. So thank you for joining us. Thanks again to Mark Meckler for being here tonight. Thanks so much and a tip of the cap to the legendary producer G uh, for all the work behind the scenes. But the biggest thanks, the biggest thanks goes to all of you for your continued support of Convention of States, for you taking the time out of your evenings to join us. Uh, here we go. O'Malley couldn't go a program without getting in. So there he is. Um, maybe he heard the comment about skinning cats I don't know, but he wanted to also come and say thank you to all of you because all of this is not possible without your support, without you joining us, without you doing the action in the field. We at the national organization, our job is to serve you and to make sure that you're successful. And the reason for that is because it's important to remember that despite all of the issues that we are facing as a country, all of the issues that we're facing as a culture, you and I, as I mentioned before, we the people, we are the solution. So it's time for us to take action. We need to reclaim liberty and we need to save our nation for our kids, our grandkids, our cats, our dogs. We need to save it for posterity. 
So thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll see you in two weeks on the next COS at Home.